We never left. Hi, guys. Welcome. 90 Day the Melanated Way. I'm your host, Linda Entwee. We just did a show and we're doing another show because there's so many TLC Discovery Plus shows to cover. Um, welcome to Happily Ever After, Bubble Bass, and Family. We're going to do some housekeeping at the top of the show first and foremost, as usual, and then we'll just jump right into it. Hey, Nia, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, Rachel. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, housekeeping, support the show, support the show, wherever you're watching the show, thumbs up, thumbs up would be great, I'd love that, I'd appreciate it, and it helps me out tremendously, um, wherever you're watching, whether it's YouTube, wherever you're watching, we have Super Chats, Claire, yes, we are back, we are back with the vengeance, back, you guys, again, you're lucky I didn't bring my microphone with me, um, Shout out to my day ones, my Patreon subscribers. You guys make this show possible. Uh, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Chandra, Judy, Beth, Nia is in the live chat. Ray Della, Linda, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, and Julissa, Donna over at Anchor FM. I love y'all so much. Thank you for much. I can't talk because I've been just talking. I'm too excited, you guys. I'm too excited about all the stuff going on. But you guys really do make this show possible, and I really appreciate all your support. Uh, you guys who are watching now, um, scroll at the bottom of the screen. shows how you can support. Support a sister out. Let uh, this show continue to grow, and we continue to be able to bring content. So support 90 Day the Melanade Away. Cash App, Linda Sogurley. Venmo, PayPal, it's all there for your viewing pleasure. Let's start out with Angela and Michael. And I'm just going to go ahead and put up my question for you guys. Were you guys surprised that Michael and Angela made up? Were you surprised? So Angela is drinking soda or wine out of a wine glass, which I think that that's probably against this new diet and healthy lifestyle that she's supposedly living and she is on the patio with her cigarettes in hand, getting ready to mend things with Michael. And in order to do that, she wants to talk to her psychic Tracy and do a reading with him to see if Tracy sees what she sees or if she sees something different, who knows? So I was confused, you guys, because I thought my, that she only smoked in the last like four or five episodes. She only smoked when Michael upset her and she's about to talk to Michael and he's upsetting her. And that's why she was first to smoke. But you're talking to your psychic. You're not even on the phone with Michael yet. And you're already whipping out your cigarettes like it's part of your day to day. Say that. Okay. Because I personally am sick of you blaming your 30 plus a year smoking addiction to Michael upsetting you. Okay. Because now that y'all have made up, then now what is it going to be that you're still smoking and drinking soda? and all of the stuff that you're not supposed to do because you were doing all of this work on yourself because you were, you couldn't breathe and it was for your health. It sounds a little hypocritical to me, but if I'm missing something, please do let me know. 
So Psychic Tracy. Psychic Tracy is doing their cards and she has Michael pick a card and she's using the angel cards and she says it shows what's going on in their relationship. And the first card she picks is the Angela card and tells Michael that he needs to be there for her, um, but he's focusing on material things. And she feels like he's running their relationship like it's a business and that, um, you know, he needs to really think about how good he has it with her. And I'm just, I was just sitting there like, wait, what? So, Ange wait, what? Okay, let me just, okay. Um, Michael says he forgives her now. And Angela loses her mind when he says that. For what? Like, what do you forgive me for? Well, Angela, let me tell you what he's forgiving you for. You talk crazy to him. You talk down to him. You cuss him out. You don't listen. And anything and anything that he does, you don't allow it. You control every part of his being. He can't be on social media. He can't have a job. He can't, he can't, he can't. He can't even talk to you. And you're just cussing him out. And everything he does is wrong. Right? So he took a break from you because the last few conversations have been worse than any of the other conversations we've heard and seen. And she's been degrading to him, verbally abusive. And, you know, it's not right. But I don't hear Angela apologizing. So when he says that he forgives her, I was just like, oh, so it's just like that? It's just like that you forgive her? You guys are gonna talk about your issues? Oh, wait, you can't talk to Angela because if you say anything, she's gonna freak out and no win. There's no way to win that battle. So anyway, Psychic Tracy thinks that he's treating their relationship as a business and that just stirs up Angela's insecurities about bringing him to the US and is he making it a business because he wants his green card and once he gets his card, he's gonna leave her. Who knows, we can talk about it. Then she pulls a second card and the angel card says that he needs to defend her position from his friends and his family. Something's not right there. And I was like, um, what does that even mean? Defend from whom? The aunt who is like always had questions about this relationship, the friends that he call, she calls goofballs, like, from whom? From whom does he need to protect Angela? Because Angela seems to do being fine just on her own. So I'm a little confused by that. But Mike tries to explain. He tries to use his words. And I was really impressed with him, you guys, because he was trying to communicate. So he tries to say that he has trust issues with Angela and that she needs to give him more space. And the reason he says that is because she did all this surgery, he was against it, and she didn't even hear his point of view. It was like, yeah, there's two of us in this relationship, but she does what she wants, and he has to do what she wants, and that's it. And if he goes against her grain, th that's it, he's in trouble. And he's always in trouble because it's her way or the highway, according to Angela. And according to Angela, she does no wrong. 
and she doesn't even want to compromise because she feels like she doesn't need to compromise. It's her way, period, blank, that's it. So what does Angela do? She goes off and cusses him out. She can't believe that he has the audacity to say that he needs more space. He's already 7,000 miles away. And she calls him a bitch. She tells him uh, he shouldn't have gotten married if he needs more space. And he goes all, she goes all the way off. But guess what? Tracy tells Michael to calm down. I was like, Michael, calm down. Tell Angela to calm down. She's here calling her husband a bitch. And then turns around and wants to say, in the last episode, who does that to their spouse? Because he was like giving her the look and kind of smirking. And she's pissed about that and says, who treats your spouse like that? Well, who, who literally tries to emasculate their husband by calling them a bitch. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, you guys. I just have questions. Because uh, that doesn't make any type of sense to me. And all I've been seeing this season specifically is her verbally abusing him. That's all I've been seeing. Her cussing him out, calling him names, hanging up on his face, and saying he's not this, he's not that, he's not this, he's not that. So I'm, I'm confused, y'all. So... Angela said that he shouldn't have gotten married to her. And then Tracy says, hey, let's all calm down. But she really tells Michael to calm down. And then she pulls a third card. And the third card says that they're on different paths. They love each other, but they have communication issues. Duh, they have communication issues. And Angela says that she wants to be chased. Okay, she wants to be chased by Michael. She wants Michael to like bow down to her feet, tell her she's beautiful, make her feel wanted, make her feel like she's the only person, listen to her, her way or the highway, all of those things. That's what she wants, period. And she was not going to settle for anything else. And so when Angela says that she wants to be chased and that Tracy says they have a communication issue, she asked, my, she asked if Michael is scamming her. And she pulls, Tracy pulls the card, if you believe. And Angela says she doesn't know what to believe. She doesn't know what to believe. Well, Angela, if you don't know, we don't know. And Michael's not gonna know. If you don't know what you really want and you don't know what you believe, then how can this possibly be a successful relationship? Because you don't even know what you want and you don't even know what you believe. After three years, you don't know what you believe? And you honestly think that Michael's doing something shady? the way you treat him and he still sticks around? I mean, I don't know. So Michael says, you know, all he wants is a family of his own and to live happily ever after. And I thought that that was super sad because he's not gonna get either of those things. He's not, she's not having a baby anytime soon. And if this last three years is any telling of what's happening and going to happen in the future, then where's the happily ever after? Because all they do is fight and they're not even in the same zip code. So I can't imagine what's gonna happen if and when they indeed live under the same roof together. Rachel says, can you imagine if Angela were the man and Michael the woman, if the roles were reversed, this would be such a publicized domestic abuse the case. I mean, there's definitely some verbal, that poor verbal behavior going on. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So he wants a family. He wants to live happily ever after. And I just don't know if that's going to happen, y'all. I just don't know if that's going to happen for these two. I really don't know. Tracy then goes on to say that he's not appreciative of her and he should appreciate what he's got in the relationship. And Michael's just saying, you know what? I just want respect. I want respect. I want to put my foot down. I want her to be able, I want a backbone is basically what he's saying. Not like put my foot down. What I say, go, no, put my foot down. Like, I don't want to be forced to do everything that I don't want to do. And I don't want to be forced to like, just have to bow down to you every five seconds because it's your way or no way. He wants it to be an equal partnership is what he's been saying this whole time, but she's not having it. And I just, it's exhausting. You guys, it's exhausting watching her speak to him all crazy all the time but what does he do that i just i was i was rooting for you michael this last couple episodes when you were like i'm not having it i'm putting my foot down and i'm standing up for myself i really believed you but he's worried that if he continues to do that that he's gonna lose her and lose the relationship and i feel like he feels like he's too invested so he calls her and she's like why are you calling and she says that he's hurt her since they got married. And so they got married. Angela feels hurt because he is not kissing her feet. He's not taking all of her verbal abuse. And he's not spending all his time just being yelled at on a regular basis. He's hanging up the phone and he's even talking back to her and she's not used to it. She's used to having her Patsy really do what she says all of the time. And even when she treats him terribly, terribly and talks crazy to him, cusses him out, calls him names, he's supposed to apologize to her and just take it. That's what she likes and that's what she wants. And this Michael hasn't been doing that. But today's Michael or Sunday's Michael, whenever you watched it, he apologized. He apologized and I was surprised that he apologized and basically kissed her butt so that they wouldn't break up. And he tried to tell her that his feelings were hurt because he had an opinion about her surgeries and he felt that his opinions didn't count. And he was right because she didn't care. She's gonna do what she wanted to do when she wanted to do it, period. But I feel like he feels like he's he's been in it for so long and he's almost at the finish line that he's got to suck it up because ultimately he wants to come to America and and he's put in all of this time and effort and he's really taken a lot of verbal abuse that I don't think that he has the fortitude to just walk away. So she tries to explain to him that the reason why she didn't take his feelings into account and his opinion into account about her surgeries is because she did the surgeries for her health. And she said that she was gaining weight for no reason and she couldn't breathe uh, because her chest was too big. And I was like, well, if you're gonna be real, let's be real here. You're still smoking and you're still drinking soda. So is it really about your health? Is it? Because if the breathing thing was the real issue, 
then and you were scared for your life and you didn't think that you were going to live long because of it then why are you still smoking i'm just curious i need someone to add because i need it to make sense and it doesn't make sense to me and and i know for a fact that she's like plus one pack a day like for sure because every 10 minutes she has a cigarette in her mouth so how is that a helping your breathing and how is that you changing into a more healthy lifestyle and three how is that possibly michael's fault cv says her grandkids called her out on her eating junk yeah i believe it i believe it we just saw in this episode that wine glass was either wine or soda both of those things that she's not supposed to have directly after her surgery so i don't know but Michael asked for forgiveness. He wants to be with her and he wants to make her happy and he's willing to do whatever it takes to be that person. And so whatever that is, that means he has to not have a backbone anymore. That means he can't talk back to her and it's just gonna go back to the way things were. That's his choice. He's a grown ass man. So she explains to him that she still wants to get skin surgery. She still wants to get a facelift. Oh, and by the way, she's lost 70 pounds and he hasn't complimented her once. He hasn't seen her body. She had to go to the grocery store for some random dude to tell her that she looked beautiful. And her own husband has not told her that she looks beautiful yet. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think you gave him an opportunity to tell you that you look beautiful every time you, at least from what I've seen, every time he gets on the phone with you, two minutes into it, you're cussing him out and hanging up. So I'm not sure exactly when he would have had the opportunity to even talk about the changes that happened. He was taking a break, I think personally for his mental health, because can you imagine talking to someone who talked to you that every single day and more than once a day? And they're just, blah, 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 blah. you're a bitch, you're a baba, if you See how, like, that's like, ooh, that's irritating. Can you imagine that every single day? I take a break too. But Mike, uh, Angela feels like Michael needs to step it up and stop that her quote man thing. And she shouldn't be, <laughs> she says that he shouldn't be treating women like that. And I was like, women like what? What, what exactly has Michael done? I need her to write a list of things that Michael has not done for her because she keeps saying how terrible he is and all the bad things that he's doing. But what exactly is it that he's doing? Not calling you? Taking a break from the uh, uh, like verbal abuse? Hanging up when you talk crazy to him? That Those sound like rational things to do to me. If someone's talking crazy to me, I'm not going to just sit there and take it. If someone's saying that I'm a bitch, I don't need to listen to you. I could just hang up. But I just, I just, you guys, I just don't get it. He apologizes and he says he'll do better. And then he says to camera, you guys, it's because of him that she went through so much pain and the pain that she's gone through. He didn't realize how much pain he caused her. What? So he's back to sucking up to her. He calls her his queen. She doesn't respond. And he's like, oh, baby, come on, come on. You're my queen. 
And she's like, no, I'm my own queen. Where do you win in that, you guys? Like, where? Where does he win in this situation? What exactly is his prize? His prize has to be coming to America because I cannot see it being anything else. I really can't. And I just don't see it getting better from here. Rachel says she sh she shows so much rage when she can't get control over Michael. It's intimidating just to watch. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. And Faith says Michael wants to be in the U.S. That's it. That's it. It has to be it because what else can it be? Really? What else can it be? So then they've made up. We fast forward, we see Angela putting on makeup, she's putting on perfume, and she's getting ready for her date night with Michael. And she wants to show all the transformations that she, her body has gone through, the 70 pounds that she's lost, all of this stuff. So she does this bubble bath with rose petals and she puts her perfume on and they're gonna have their date night. And y'all, for me, it was a lot, it was more than I needed to see, really. I don't know what happened to the days where, you know, they just pushed the cameraman and the producers out and they closed the door and then we used our imagination. I was good with that. But we're, we're things are different. So she's sitting, you know, in her bubble bath with their date night and they're trying to have like sexy phone teasing video chat and they're trying to reconnect with their emotions. And I really realized in this moment that Angela, a lot of Angela's rage comes from her insecurities. I think Angela is really, really insecure. And I honestly believe that she might think that not only is Michael younger than her, but he's too good for her. And he, she can't believe that he's actually really with him. Does that make sense? She, he's actually will, really with her. And so because she has those insecurities, she's she lashes out that's what i i honestly think and that's what i saw in this little date night so she's like talking to him and it was really more clinical than like sexy at least to me because she's like using all the clinical terms for for all her sexy body parts which i just thought was weird but it is what it is and he wants to see her boobs so she like splashes the bubbles off her and she's showing him and showing us. And it was all just like, wait, what's happening right here? What is happening right now? Anyway, he looks and he's silent and it was awkward. It was awkward for them. It was awkward for us. It was just awkward. And he says, you know, he's silent. And then he says, they're still okay for me. But to camera, he doesn't like them. Camera, he's not impressed. He thinks the nipples look strange. Uh, he just is not really feeling them. But at this point, what can he do? It is what it is. He's going to have to learn to love them is what he actually said. So uh, Michael takes his shirt off and she wants to, him to do, you know, a pop, drop and lock, which he does. And it was just all, uh, you guys, it was just all really ridiculous as far as I'm concerned. I didn't need to see it. Um. So that was them. We don't know when, if, how he's ever going to come to the U.S. on his visa. 
He was denied one time. And so I don't know if there is ever going to be a second time. They have to have been the longest couple besides Tiffany and Ronald waiting on this K-1 visa or this C-1 visa because now they're married. But it may happen. It may not happen. I kind of feel like, you know, God's really telling them that perhaps it shouldn't happen. And that's why it's taking so long. I don't know. Anyhow, I'm going to give you guys the surprise announcement that I promised you guys that I would do because it's going to be tomorrow. So I had questions, you guys, about the psychic Tracy. I had, I had a lot of questions after psychic Tracy came on and I needed answers. So I reached out to her and we're going to have Tracy on the show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And we're going to talk to her. We're going to interview her. And I'm going to ask all the questions that I've had to ask and that are in my mind. And we're going to just sit down and talk to Psychic Tracy. She is in Birmingham. Not Birmingham, Alabama, by the way. She's in Birmingham, England. And so her time difference, it's going to be 9 p.m. Um, her time. So I'm going to bring all my questions. And I hope you guys will be here. And and join us. Um, Amanda, I will have, if you're a Patreon subscriber, there will definitely be something specifically and only for you guys that is part of this. Um, so make sure uh, you come through tomorrow. And Patreon subscribers, you will be put at the top of the list and we'll do a little something special for you all. But everyone is welcome to watch. And Bridella said, wait, she's a real psychic. She's a real psychic. She's a real psychic. She actually has a huge following. You guys, a huge following, huge. And she's been on other, uh, she's like a celebrity psychic, just like psychic Maria. She's a real psychic uh, and she's international. So we're going to talk to her tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that was my surprise. And uh, we'll talk to her tomorrow. All right, moving on to Jovi and Yara. I'll pop my question on so you guys have time to answer. Hey, Auntie. Hey, girl. Hey. Uh, so Jovi and Yara, my question to you guys, did Yara have a right to ask Jovi to, Jovi's family to leave? Like, was that her right? Was that her right? I want to know. So. Um, she sent Jovi off to buy some food and she's going to make a special Ukrainian Christmas celebration. Uh, Christmas is January 6th in the Ukraine. And because Jovi missed the traditional Christmas, she thought that this would be a nice thing to do. And I also too think it was nice because she's not only exposing her traditions and her customs, to her family and to her daughter, but she's sharing those customs and traditions with her extended family, which I thought was nice of her. So she's getting caviar, there's herring fillets, all of this stuff. And for Ukrainian Christmas, they don't do like presents or anything. They just like do food and drink and like they celebrate each other. And so Gwen comes over we meet Claire and Chris, who are Jovi's cousins. And we find out that Claire is Myla's godmother, which I thought that was kind of sweet. And we also know from social media that Claire and, and 
y'all are actually very, very close. And uh, Claire recently had a baby and they went to the baby shower, if you guys remember, and they were all like partying it up and celebrating her birth and her pregnancy. So they are very close. I'll give them that. Um, but then this is when things for me kind of switched up. And I'm going to tell you why they switched up for me. So the first thing that Chris says is that Chris thinks that the food stinks. Okay. He thinks it, it stinks. And he says, why would you eat this? And the first thing that I wrote down, and no disrespect to my American friends and family. I love y'all. Okay. But that was super rude in my opinion. And not everyone eats like the traditional American food only. And not everyone thinks that that's the only way to eat and be, okay? Now, if I invited y'all over to my house and I took the time to make a special Guinean meal for you and you came into my house after I made dinner and extended myself and my culture to you. And the first thing that you say is the food stinks. And then you would ask me, why would why do I eat this? I personally think that that's 100% uncouth. I would think that you had no etiquette. I would think that your parents didn't raise you properly. And I would think it was rude. And I think that that's exactly how Yara felt. I thought that she was sitting in her own apartment thinking that she was doing something nice and everyone was being super rude and disrespectful. And I, I, I agree with her in this moment. I was just like, you guys are being really fucked up. Like really tr and truly. And even Gwen, who I absolutely adore, and she's my favorite and I love her. And I think that she's so supportive of the family and don't get me wrong. But in this moment, I didn't like Gwen either. Cause when she said the fish stink, I was just like, you guys, okay. I mean, you cannot like something, but you can say it in a different way. And the way you guys are saying it, you just were making Yara feel bad. So um, they didn't like the food and they start talking about Jovi and Jovi being a good dad and Jovi hanging out with Mila and that whole thing. And I thought it was funny that both Claire and Chris, cause they didn't like the food, they opened the water bottles at the same time and they drank their water in unison I was like, oh, okay. Um, and then so <laughs> they're talking about Mila sleeping with Yara and Jovi doesn't agree with that. Jovi thinks that Mila should be sleeping separately and he kind of calls his wife out in front of his family. And then Gwen asks about mommy and daddy time. And Yara's like, are you worried that I'm not serving your son? Cause she says like, that's a weird question. It is a weird question. So your mother-in-law is basically saying like, are you not giving my son enough sex? Cause you guys need to have mommy and daddy time. Now don't get me wrong. I absolutely agree with her. The parents still need to like have the connection that brought them together. Don't get me wrong. However, I also see Yara's point of view. So Yara has spent the most time with Mila and has kind of been like a single mom when Jovi's been gone for three and four months at a time. So her whole pregnancy, half the pregnancy he was away, she did that, you know, the best she could with Gwen's support. 
And then one month having the baby and Jovi hasn't seen the baby in three to four months because he was away. And so, yeah, guess what? She spends the day in and the day out sleeping with the baby in the bed and not in a crib because why should she? Why should she have to get out of bed when it's just her and Mila? when she can just roll over if Mila needs something and she's right there? Because what Jovi's not thinking about and I'm not a mom, but I know that this is true. The, steep, the sleep deprivation in those first few months of having a baby and you're breastfeeding and you got to get up every two to three hours to breastfeed and you're not getting any rest is real. Okay. It's real. So if she can cut down some of that time, then that's absolutely her right to have that baby in that bed with her. And guess what? When Jovi leaves again soon, cause he will for work for months at a time, it's gonna be back to her and Mila. So I totally, absolutely understand that. Now, do I see Jovi's point of view as well? Yes. You can't have the baby in the bed all the time and forever. She's gonna have to move into a crib, okay? At some point. So you can compromise. And Patty, I agree with you. The crib could be six inches away. I agree with you. I do. So, and Joe and Yara agreed too. She's like, okay, let's get a crib. And the crib can literally be right beside the bed. I get that. And she was open and willing to do that. Okay. But what I didn't think was okay is y'all trying to shame her in front of the family and everyone telling her, not only do you guys not like her food, but also she's a bad psycho mom. I don't know if she's necessarily, like she's definitely attached to Mila, but again, it's just been her and Mila. Okay. So moving on, they're talking about her food and they're talking about her parenting skills. And meanwhile, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I surely noticed because I get distracted by certain things. The one hand, Jovi was drinking a beer with one of those cozies over it, if you notice. But in the other hand, he was also drinking wine. So he was like double fisting. So some things haven't changed that much for Jovi. Um, and then Yara says, well, you know, she doesn't really see anything wrong with it. She wants to stay close to Mila forever. And, you know, it's easy to sleep with her instead of a crib, but she's still open to a crib. And even when Mila is bigger, she wants Mila to like, you know, live really close to her. She, that's just how she feels. And I can't be mad at her, but I do not want to see her on an episode of Smothered. Like at some point she's going to have to cut the cord, but I get her point for right now. Um, so then they go into the, Yara and Jovi go into the bedroom and she's like changing Mila and they come back out and she's trying to tell Jovi in the room that the family needs to go at six o'clock and it's Mila's bedtime and Mila needs to go to sleep. So family needs to go home. So she comes out and says, it's six o'clock, Mila needs to sleep. And Gwen's like, are you asking us to go? Really? And yeah, she's like, yeah, Mila needs to go to bed. And <laughs> they're not sure why they have to leave. They said, Gwen said, I drove two hours to be here and now I'm getting kicked out and she thinks it's rude. 
And I want to know what you guys think. Do you think it was rude? Or do you think that Yara had a right to ask Jovi's family to leave? I really want to know what you guys think. And Yara's like, well, for Ukraine Christmas, we just feed you, you enjoy the food, then you go home. And she says people should know their place. And she goes on to say that this is not a Cajun party where you like just party it up all night. This was like, hey, we're having dinner. Now dinner's over. Bye-bye. But honestly, you guys, here's what I honestly think it came down to. I think it came down to she felt that they were being insulting to her. They insulted her food. They were insulting her parenting skills. And she had had enough. And she used Mila as an excuse. That's what I think. I think she was like, I'm kind of done with this. You guys came to my house. I invited you into my house. And I tried to do something nice. And you guys are just coming at me. So bye-bye. Nia says, I definitely felt like it was rude. I also feel like they completely crapped on her dinner. Yeah, it's a bit of both of those things. But I think that she's being petty because they were being petty. So I don't know. Two wrongs they say don't make a right. But I kind of see where she was coming from. And I kind of see why she did it. You know, just think about it. Nia, think about it. Okay, if I invited you to my house and you crapped on the food that I served you, and then if I had a kid and you were like saying all this stuff about me and you just came to my brand new place, I might be like, ooh, I'm tired, I'm tired. And you might have the hint that it's time to go home. I don't know. I don't know, like it's potato, potato, I don't know. I'm just saying I see where the pettiness came from. So, um, so next morning, Jovi's still mad about his family being kicked out. Jovi wants more time with Yara, more, more alone time. And he feels like they need to keep the fire going in their relationship. And they go to the city to buy a crib for Mila. And Jovi wants to buy a crib for like a hundred or $200. I was like, where are you going to find a crib that's, that's a hundred or 200 bucks, right? Six or 700 Sounded, sounded about right to me, but I mean, I don't know. What do I know? Um, and so in the meantime, he also wants to take a trip, just the two of them, because he feels like the yard that he fell in love with is not the yard that he knows now. And he wants the old Yara back. And he wants to just like spend some time. And he said, you know, Mila can stay with my mom. My mom will take care of her. And like, we can just go and have some alone time and reconnect. And I, and I understand what he's saying, you guys. I, I do understand what he's saying because you know what? I will say this. There, a lot of new parents go through this, especially when it's their first child. So the husband and wife are used to it just being them in their relationship before they get married. Then they get married. And if they don't really have just the two of them a lot of time, they have a family right away. When they have that first kid, I have read in studies before that this is a real thing where the man starts to get a little jealous really of the focus now being on the child when the focus for the woman used to be on the man. And now it's shifted because the baby is the number one priority. It just, that's how it is. And so you have to find the balance, right? And I think that that's what Jovi's experienced. He's experiencing a little bit of like, 
I need a little bit of attention. And plus you throw in the fact that he's gone for months at a time. He wants to reconnect with his wife, which I absolutely understand. But what he can't do, you guys, is act like the baby's a puppy. You can't just, you know, bring the puppy to puppy daycare and like go and live your life. You're going to have to find a balance. So that's why parents have date nights. That's why parents, you know, take time for just the two of them and they have a adult alone time. So perhaps they'll find the balance. So like, I believe it was Patty that said, you can put, you can get a crib and the compromise can be, the crib can be like right beside the bed. That way the baby's not too far away. And then you have your adult time once the baby goes to sleep and you definitely throw in some date nights there. And I personally don't think that them going away for a weekend is a bad thing. I think that they should absolutely do that because Joey leaves for months at a time, so they don't really get the opportunity to have date nights all the time. So if he's there and they can take a little mini trip, then they should totally do it. So <laughs> can I just take a pause? Okay, I'm going to address this. Patty says, after all the YouTube craziness last night, I'm relieved to hear your voice of sanity with you. I appreciate you, Patty. So I my phone was blowing up with DMs and text messages. I absolutely know what's going on, you guys. And the only thing I'm going to say about all of that is I stay in my own lane. The reason why I do my shows is because I love the shows and I love you guys. And I'm a reporter, right? That's actually my real job, an entertainment reporter. So that's all I want to do. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. I'm going to continue to report on the shows, I'm going to bring you celebrity interviews, and that's it. Because at the end of the day, this is all entertainment. And that's all I'm going to say. So moving on, back to Yara and Jovi. So they're in the crib shop. Joby's like pouring out his heart saying, I want to do this. I want to spend more time with you, all this stuff. And Yara's like, you're asking too much. You want a crib. Now you want me to leave my baby. No. And so she rejects all of that. And she walks out on him and he feels sad because he's like, you know, you're not the fun Yara that I once knew. And Yara's quote said, we can't have fun because we have Mila." And then she walks out of the store. <laughs> now, I don't agree with that specifically. I think that you can have a happy balance. Um, but, you know, she has she has her opinion and she has her point of view. And it's going to be what it's going to be. Oh, Ronald and Tiffany. I just, I don't even know. What did you guys think of Ronald wanting to buy a truck to start a business? What did you guys think of Ronald wanting to buy a truck to start a business? I'm very curious. So they had the fight. That's where they left off. They had the fight. And then it's the next morning. We find out that Ronald's still mad at Tiffany and he slept on the floor. And what I thought was interesting is that he pulled the little twin mattress from the room that he built for Daniel, the blue room that looks like a prison cell and has no windows. He didn't even want to sleep in there. He pulled that mattress out of that room and slept on the floor in the living room. So 
take what you will from that. I just thought it was interesting that he didn't even sleep in that room either. So he slept on the floor and he feels that she tried to make him look like a fool in front of his mother um, because she complained to his mother. Now, I personally think that he feels a little threatened because I think he has in his mind that his mom thinks of him one way and he portrays himself as being, you know, past rehab and past the gambling. And you got to remember that he sold her refrigerator. He stole from her all the stuff. So he doesn't want any other bad things told to his mom so that his mom may doubt him. So I don't think necessarily Tiffany's trying to make him look like a fool. I think Ronald feels threatened that his mom is going to think less than less of him because of his track record, really, is what I think it is. So, <clears throat> um, he also goes on to say that he doesn't really think it's manly to show emotions and that he thinks that showing emotions is a weakness. And like, I'm not even gonna touch that, you guys. I just think that that is so old school way of thinking and it's not healthy and it doesn't help you communicate. And then you wonder why you and Tiffany are having communication issues is because you're not really showing your true feelings and it's okay to show your true feelings. It's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to talk about what's going on here because when you don't talk about what's going on inside you, then you have what you guys have, a hot mess where you're not, you're not really expressing your real emotions. So no one really knows what's going on. And you guys are talking at each other and blaming each other and not communicating at all because you don't want to really show your real emotions and, and, and show weakness. You have to be able to be vulnerable in your real relationships. Cause if you're not vulnerable, then who are you? Like, who are they seeing? They're seeing your representative and that's it. It's ridiculous. So, he goes in, talked to her. He's sad that he slept alone. Tiffany said she felt fine. She slept well. Um, but she also feels like she's stuck there and feels like he's not doing enough. And he's not putting in an effort. And he's not doing enough to make her feel happy. And she resents him. She feels like she's doing it all. And because she feels like she's doing it all, you guys, deep down, she resents him. And that's why it's never going to be good enough because deep down, she hasn't said this. I'm saying it. She resents him. She resents the fact that she has a kid by him, that he doesn't financially support them, that he has had all the issues that he's had in the past, that she can't trust him and that now she comes and he's trying to like show out she's resenting all those things because those aren't things that she's able to do on a regular basis because she really is like a single mom when she goes back to america right so all of that stuff because they don't know how to communicate is is coming out as a, a form of resentment and that's why he can never do anything good enough for her because it's never going to be to the standard in her mind that she built that he should be at. And that's what's unfortunate about these two. Now, on the flip side, I'm going to say this, okay? Tiffany made a choice to go to South Africa, meet this guy, and not only meet him and sleep with him, but meet him, sleep with him, and then 
marry him right out of rehab. And not only just marry him right out of rehab, have a baby with him right out of rehab. You knew exactly where he was. You knew exactly who he was because he showed you who he was and you accepted it anyways, okay? Now you want him to be the ideal man that you want and he has yet to ever show you that that's who he's ever going to be. He's only shown up as who he is. So yes, he's not gambling anymore, but he has not had a stable job. He has not sent money according to you ever, yet you do it all. So you accept it. So I'm going to need Tiffany to take responsibility for her role in accepting the things that he does. She can't just keep screaming and bitching at him and bitching at him, bitching at him for not changing because she too also makes excuses for him. And then guess what? She accepts it. If you're not happy and you said that you need these changes to be made and year after year, it's not made, you're making a conscious decision to stay, period. Okay. He can't be anything that he hasn't presented himself to be. Okay. That's the first thing. The second thing that I think is important to say is when we met Tiffany, we met Tiffany on 90 day fiance the other way, which meant like Ariella, she was supposed to move to the other country. So she was supposed to move to South Africa. That's what Ronald signed up for. So why are you surprised that he has the K1 um, faux meeting and is smoking a vape, kicking back? Because he never really wanted to come to America. He never said he wanted to come to America. You want him to come to America because you decided that you didn't want to live in South Africa anymore. And you didn't even you didn't even live there for three months. You felt the whole country, and today even in today's episode, she said something that made me mad. But you feel the whole country, all of South Africa, even though you've been to one small part for a very short amount of time, was not safe. Okay, so don't be surprised that your husband isn't running and doing all the things that he should be doing to make the K-1 visa process or the C-1 visa process for you because you guys are already married easier because he never said that he ever wanted to come to America. That was her decision and her decision alone. That being said, they continue to talk and he's like, what can I do to make it better? That's what he said, which you know what? I'm going to give you a check mark, Ronald, because that's what you should ask. Your wife says she's unhappy. She's complaining, 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 and this, and you need to step it up and you need to do this and you need to do that. He asked her, what can I do to make it better? Her answer, not so good in my opinion. Her answer, she's like, what you can do is not ask me, but figure it out. Okay, so he literally used his word to communicate, to ask you what your needs were, and you're telling him to figure it out. And then when he doesn't figure it out, you're going to be mad at him because he has no idea, obviously, since he hasn't changed in three years. 
you had your opportunity, you had your window and you didn't take it, Tiffany. I'm confused. I'm, I'm super confused by that. Super confused. Um, he says that it's hard for him. He feels out of place. He feels like she, and these are my words now, emasculates him, which I think that she tends to do a little bit. She holds on the reins a little tight, but I understand it also too, because he doesn't do anything, right? So it's like a weird catch 22 where they are. And she wears the pants because he hasn't stepped up, but then she also doesn't allow him to step up because she doesn't like how he steps up. It's a catch 22. Um, and then here's another issue that I have. So he has beliefs in the traditional roles in a relationship. The man is the head of the household and la, 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 la. And he talks about the women um, being part of the rib of the man and all of that stuff, which, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in, in those things as well. However, okay, however, what you don't do, you guys, what are the four things that I always tell you guys that you have to talk about before you get in a serious relationship and God forbid you get married? You have to talk about sex. Sex is important in a relationship. You need to talk about it so that you guys are on the same page about it. You need to talk to about faith and religion because that's important. You might see things one way that's very important because clearly the traditional faith Christian ways are part of what Ronald thinks is important. It may not be so important to Tiffany, but how did you guys not have that conversation before you got married and had and made a baby? Third, you have to talk about money. Yes, love and life. You have to talk about money. How do you spend your money? How do you save your money? What's important with money? How much money do you think we should make? How much should we spend? How much should we save? How are you not having that conversation before you marry someone and before you make a baby with them? Babies are expensive, okay? So money, sex, religion, children, those are the four things that you have to have the conversation. And if you don't have the conversation and you power through your relationship, then that's on you. And then when you have problems about, oh, look, they're having problems about money. You didn't have the conversation. You're having problems about your roles in your relationship. You didn't have the conversation. I, but you got married and you made a baby. Okay. So <clears throat> he wants to take her on a surprise. He's got a surprise. She's in the car. She's complaining again that it's a hot day and she feels hot. She touches him. He's too sweaty. She gets grossed out. Kids are with the grandmother and he pulls up to, <laughs> he pulls up to a car dealership. Now I had a couple of things to say about this. So he wants to start his own business. He wants to buy a truck for his handyman business. And he feels like that's going to be his backup plan in case he gets denied again for this visa. Right. And she's like, what are you talking about? That's totally irresponsible. You're supposed to be leaving South Africa in three months. Why would you buy a truck and start a business when you're leaving? Okay. If it was that easy and simple, and straightforward, he's actually moving to America in three months, then yes, I would say Tiffany's right in this moment. 
But Tiffany's not right in this moment. And I'm going to tell you why again, why she's not right. It's because he never wanted to move to America and he's doing everything in his power. So he thinks for them to stay in South Africa. That's why, again, the faux practice visa meeting, he totally just blew it off, vaping, okay? Why does he wanna buy a truck? He wants to buy a truck because he doesn't wanna come to America. He wants them to come to South Africa like they had agreed on when they originally met and married on 90 day the other way. So in his mind, it makes sense because in his mind, he never committed to going to America. That was Tiffany's idea. So do you see where the miscommunication is? Because I, it's glaring in my face. Y'all have different directions that you see this relationship and you haven't talked about where you actually should live. One thinks we're living in America, one thinks we're living in South Africa and you guys are both just like, la-di-da, we have other issues. So we're not actually gonna talk about a real big issue is where's our family gonna live and we're gonna re where are we gonna raise our children? Tiffany has decided in her mind and he's decided in his mind. Okay, so that's why it doesn't make sense to her, but it also doesn't make sense to him that she doesn't understand that he's trying to better himself for the family. Now, on a side note, I did think it was interesting that Mr. I have no money took this opportunity to go to the car dealership where Tiffany Like, did he think Tiffany was going to pay this 4500 for the truck that he needs? Like, how is that going to work? Because if you don't have any money right now and you think you're going to make money with the truck once you buy it, but how are you going to buy the truck? How are you buying the truck is what I like to know. And why did you wait till Tiffany got there for you to buy the truck? So... There's that. So they have this fight. She feels like he makes poor money decisions. Uh, she finds his money decisions weird. She thinks that he has a good heart, but he's irresponsible and irrational. And she is tired of it. She's upset by it. She's tired of his empty promises. And she explains to him that things were so bad that before she got to South Africa, she went to see a divorce lawyer and didn't tell him until that moment right there, which of course he gets mad about. And he's hurt and he feels like, you know what, if you went to see the divorce attorney, you should have just gone through and gotten a divorce. Like, why am I trying to change anything if you're already thinking of divorce? And she, on the other hand, says that she has expectations and he has to meet them and that's it. She has expectations, he needs to meet them. If he doesn't meet them, that's it. Again, I don't, I'm not seeing where the common ground is here. Now we all know already, and especially if you guys watch my news and gossip, that that whole relationship exploded in the last two weeks. They've gone moms now, and the only reason they've gone moms, in my opinion, is because you know they had an NDA and they're on a current season that's airing and they aired out all their dirty laundry for like a few days and it got messy, really, really messy. And they got muzzled by the networks. That's what I think. 
Moving on. Elizabeth and Andre. Elizabeth and Andre. Oh, Lord. Should Elizabeth have told Andre about the babysitter? So they're at the family reunion. It's at a vineyard. Um, they've all like left the fight from the night before at Auntie Sue's in the back. They're going to move on from it. And then just have a great night and just have a great night. Um, and so <laughs> Elizabeth throws some shade towards Charlie and says, hey, you know what? They're all going to be on their best behavior. And how amazing Chuck is going to be. It's going to be for Chuck to show off how great his kids are, all with the exception of Charlie. That's what Elizabeth says so she throws that direct shade out to Charlie um, and they're going to meet their Maryland family members and Chuck's excited about it he's like I haven't seen my Maryland family members in in very long time nephews are having babies and they're going to the Marines and all of this stuff so he's really catching up with them and he's super excited and you could tell that he was really excited to see the family Andre which I thought was funny said yeah you know, reunions are a lot of work. I'm like, what work did you do? You just drove the RV. That's all. Like, what else did you actually do that it made it so difficult for you besides you fighting with everyone all the time? So they're meeting cousins. We meet cousin Joe. We meet Heather. And Heather's kid is bonding with Becky's kid. And it's all, all kumbaya. And then um, Becky throws in. So, okay, let me say this. Heather talks about date night and how that's important in the relationship. And it's, it's good to have a babysitter sometimes so that the parents can have, you know, adult time. And then Becky throws out, oh, well, you know, how's it going? And turns to Elizabeth and says, how's it going with your babysitter? Knowing that Andre didn't know about it, but she said that she didn't know that he didn't know, but I know that she knew that he didn't know and she did it on purpose, okay? So what happens? Andre freaks out. He starts cussing out Elizabeth, cussing her out, can't believe it, that you are like telling your sisters and taking their advice and you didn't tell me. And he like walks away and he's like freaking out. And meanwhile, Becky's like standing there and she's like, I didn't know, but she like kind of smiles and smirks like she didn't know. Oh, you knew, you knew exactly what you're doing. You knew and you know that Andre is hot tempered and a hothead and doesn't know how to control his anger. So you knew he was gonna blow up and it's gonna make him look bad in front of all your extended family. And that's exactly what you wanted. You wanted to show that he's a crazy man and you got exactly what you wanted. And not only did you get exactly what you wanted, the two of them, Libby and, and Andre go outside to continue their fight and him being pissed and feeling stabbed in the back and all of the stuff and cussing her out. Not only all that, Jen and Becky decide to come out there to continue to egg him on so that he can get more and more and more mad, right? Because he doesn't know how to control his temper and he feels that he's being double crossed and all of this stuff and oh, you should have told me. Now here's the thing. I do agree that Elizabeth 
when it comes to their child, should talk to her husband about what they're doing with their child. I do agree with that. I, I do agree with that. I don't think that she should not have discussed with her husband something so important as in childcare. I agree with that. I don't think that she should have kept it from him. However, I do think Andre is ridiculously, like his temper is over the top and the way he talks to her and cusses her out to her face, I just think is not, is not good. I just don't. And I do think that this dude has manipulating ways and I do think he has controlling ways and I do think he has a hidden agenda. And I'm gonna tell you what my, I think his hidden agenda is before I move on. So remember in the second episode of this season, he said, if this is manipulating, it is what it is. When he was talking about Chuck and getting 100K from Chuck, right? I want you to keep that in your mind. So all these fights are happening because Andre wants to start at the top. He wants to be a partner. He wants to make money and that's it. He's got a real estate license. He's never sold a house. He's never been in the family business. He's never even really worked. Right. And I'm I'm not saying that being a Sam at home dad is not work. He had he hasn't worked outside of the house. Okay. Hasn't helped down a job outside of the house since he moved to America. But he wants to start at the top and be a partner with no money. He doesn't want to bring money into the partnership. He doesn't want to bring experience in the partnership, he just thinks that he's entitled to be a partner and to start at the top, okay? Now, when Andre is having this fight with Elizabeth about the babysitter, and when he said that once the pandemic was over, he wants to bring his parents over and they can help with Eleanor, I was like, oh, this is a whole thing. He has a whole, he's playing the long game, you guys, the long game. And I'm going to explain to you what the long game is, okay? So here's what I think is going on. Andre, when they had the wedding in Moldova, he acted like Chuck's money was his money, right? And all that money that Chuck spent and the dancing and the food and the drinks freely flowing. That was really impressive for his small community and especially to his parents, right? So his parents think that he's super living the life rich in America. So when his parent, he wants to sponsor his parents, not to come over to visit and take care of Eleanor, he wants to sponsor them to come live in America. That's a whole different thing, but it's part of his game plan. And when the parents also now move to America so that they can all be together, he wants to make sure that his parents know that he's successful, but he's not successful. You see what I'm saying, y'all? It's all part of a bigger picture. So he needs to be a partner. And he needs the hundred k to be a businessman and do all of those things, so that when he when his parents come, he's the successful man entrepreneur that he's been telling everyone he is, which he's not quite there yet. 
It's ridiculous, you guys. It's so crazy. If you listen, people will tell you what they're doing. So apparently Tina, the babysitter, is a family friend. She also babysits for Jen. Andre is not feeling it. He's just pissed off at the whole thing. Um, but they agree. He doesn't trust strangers. She's apparently not a stranger. But they agree to table this argument until a further date. So they go back in the party. They all kind of sit down. Jen's like kind of talking crap about Andre. So is Becky. Meanwhile, Chuck and Andre are kind of hitting it off. And, you know, he's trying to be on his best behavior because he wants Chuck to have a good time. Like that's his ultimate purpose. Um, so. Party's over at the vineyard. Auntie Sue's having the after party at her house. She's going to have coffee and desserts and pizza. They're going to do the after party there. They go there. Everything seems fine. There's foosball upstairs. Thomas and Andre go upstairs to play foosball, right? Because there's a little bit of tension creeping in. And instead of getting into it, Andre decides he's going to walk away and bring Thomas with them. They're going to play foosball. Chuck follows them up there. They're all playing foosball. And then Andre's getting his butt whooped. And so all of a sudden, it's the first time he's ever played foosball. So, you know, that's why he's not very good. Um, but that's not the important part. The important part is Chuck says that he's, Andre has proved himself this trip. Proved himself doing what? What, the, what did I miss? He drove the RV. He cussed out. Elizabeth and the sisters. He cussed at Elizabeth again about the Airbnb. Then he cussed Elizabeth out again at the vineyard. And before the vineyard, he cussed out Charlie and Meg and the rest of the family at Sue's house, not even 10 minutes of being at the aunt's house. But because what? Like, what did he do that he proved himself on this trip? I missed it. Like, what did he do? Anyhow, Chuck says he's proved himself this trip. And Chuck invites him to be a partner with him on a property. And it's only going to be the two of them. And he'll mentor him. And they'll split the profits 50-50. Now, I'm going to tell you a little something. Okay. Thomas is not from the streets. Thomas is a snitch. Thomas pretended that he was done playing foosball. He quietly snuck out and ran downstairs and not only told Becky, who's been the source of contention with Andre, but told the entire family, oh, by the way, Chuck and Andre are upstairs and they're gonna go into business together and buy a property and split the profits. Um. Hey, Thomas, you're a snitch. Thomas is snitching up in the pothouse family. Like running, running to snitch y'all. He's like, let me, let me pretend to be all 
I'm good. We're boys with Andre. Let's go play foosball. Let's like, I got your back. Let me help you with the luggage. I'm your boy. And meanwhile, as soon as you hear a little something something, you're snitching, you're running to snitch. Really, Thomas? Really new person? Really? Like, we're, we're just meeting you. So now you're always going to be Thomas the snitch to me. You, your five minutes right here on this show, that's how I'll refer you to because that's who you showed me you were. You already know that this family's crazy. You already know that they fight nonstop. You already know that you're a guest at someone else's house, that she's not even your aunt. You're the in-law and you're going to run downstairs and be a big ass. Oops, sorry. <laughs> you're going to be a big snitch? Really? Okay. What happens? Jen runs right upstairs and she's pissed off. She's yelling at Chuck, which was a whole other thing to you guys. Like I'm a grown, there's just no way. There's just no way I could talk to my parents the way these people talk to Chuck. Like I just, there's just no way. There's no way I have African parents. I would be dead and that would be it. That's it. But Jen comes up. Becky comes up and then Elizabeth comes up and I, I, you know, Elizabeth confuses me because she's super wishy-washy. She talks shit about Andre to her sisters, but then when her sisters talk crazy about Andre, then she gets mad at them. Like choose a side, pick a side and be on that side. You can't like, you know, we all see who Andre is. We all see that he's 100% like over the top with it. So if you're gonna stand by your man, stand by your man. But then what you can't do is go and complain to your sisters about your man and all the things that he does and not think knowing who your sisters are that they're not gonna say something because they always say something. So pick a side. So they're all mad. They're yelling at Chuck. They're yelling at Andre and Andre's yelling back, calling them snakes and all of this stuff. And it was just a big fat mess. And it was the same old fight. I personally think that Chuck needs to stand up. He is the absolute patriarch of the family and it's his business and he's the one that's cutting checks. So guess what, Chuck? Like I've said on this show before, go ahead and have the whole family in one space and you tell them, you dictate to them how it's gonna go and call it a day. But because you're like making these side deals and you're whispering you're gonna do this and you're backpedaling over here and yeah, you're creating discord in your family and you already know that all of them are about the money. So like make it about the money. Everyone has their role. This is what your role is in the business that I started and we're all gonna stay in our roles and that's it. If he decides that he wants to be bamboozled and manipulated by Andre, so be it, let it happen. But he needs to have a backbone and tell the kids that this is my business, this is what I'm gonna do, and it is what it is, period. But because he's wishy-washy about it and like sweating and teary-eyed about all the fighting, well, you're creating the fighting because you're creating the confusion. You're telling, you. I literally sat here and saw you say to Andre that you were not only impressed with him, that you were gonna go in to business with him and you were gonna be a partner with him and that you are going to go 50-50 with him and split the profit. That's what you told Andre, all while you mentor him. Then when your daughters come up freaking out, you say, oh, well, I told Andre that I would mentor him. 
on a property and then I would split the profits. That is not what you just said to Andre. And that's what not that's not what Thomas reported because you didn't say that to Andre. You said something completely else. You said about a partnership. And that's what the, the family is worried about. They're worried that they're getting kicked out of this partnership. So cut it out. Next up, Azuelu and Kalani. So Azuelu and Kalani, it's Christmas time. Um, Kalani has the afternoon off because she wants to see if Azuelu can prove himself by doing all the chores, watching the kids. Because if he really indeed wants more children with her, she needs him to step up and hold more of the responsibilities, the household responsibilities, and see how hard it is for her on a day-to-day -day basis. He nails it. He doesn't think it's a big deal. She even gives him an A minus as a grade. And you guys, I know I brought this up and I bring it up a lot. And I, I will say this, okay? I will say this. The paper plate thing is driving me crazy. I think I'm the only person that missed the paper plate memo that we've all decided from this point forward that we're all eating on paper plates. But every everyone's eating on paper plates and I need to know why. Why are you guys doing that? Why? Why? It's not a barbecue. It's not a party. You're at your home and you made a nice meal. Shouldn't you eat your nice meal on some nice plates? Why are you eating on paper plates? Why? Okay. And I know some of you guys have answered me in the comments and previous lives and all of this stuff, but you guys are more and more of the families are doing it. And I need to understand what it is that you're doing. Is it because you don't want to wash dishes? Is that it? I need to know. I need to know. I need to know immediately because it bugs me. It really does. You know, all those wasted paper plates. It's waste. Anyhow, um, he made Samoan food for dinner. Lisa joins them. They're having a good time. And uh, as Willow asks if it's okay for his mom to come visit for Christmas before she goes back to Samoa. And Kalani's kind of not thrilled about it. Uh, she really feels that his mom tries to turn him against her. I personally think that she's coming for some money. So I do think it will be drama. Oh, and all the, by the way, Tammy's coming too. And they all have concerns about that because the last time that they talked to her at the tell all, she threatened to beat everyone up and she does cause uh, tensions in the room. So there are some major concerns with Lisa and Kalani. And Lisa just doesn't want drama for the holidays. She likes to make the holiday special for the boys. And so she doesn't know. Connie said something really funny that I thought was hilarious. She's like, why would we willingly invite the Grinch into our home? I just thought that, that was hilarious. The shade, the shade. Um, but she's willing to because it's his mom and it may be the last opportunity that he gets to see her before she goes to Samoa. And so Kalani thinks that, you know, it's okay, we'll do it, but it's also their last chance to be a part of this family. Like she's not putting up with any more drama after this, if there's going to be more drama. So they agree. 
Then you guys, they go to pick out a tree at a nursery and they're all dressed up, which I thought it was cute. They're all in their Christmas outfits and uh, Colini's in town and so is Lo. And Colini says that she sees a big improvement in their relationship. Yes, you wanna know why there's a big relationship you got? A big improvement in the relationship? It's because it's just been the two of them. All the family hasn't been butting into the relationship and Kalani hasn't been running left, right and center telling all, all the bad things about Azuelu. She's been focused on Azuelu and focused on the happiness and focused on the four of them. And guess what? Since you aren't running your mouth every five seconds and not running to tell every single family member about every little thing Azuelu does, guess what? Things are better. Surprise, surprise. You're happier, he's happier, the family's happier, and the family sees that you're happier. Are you surprised? Because I'm not. So, but here's what happens. Family comes into town, Kalini's there, Papa Lowe's there, and what's the first thing that Kalani slides back into doing? She slides back into throwing her husband under the bus in front of her family. And how did she do that? Well, guess what? She taps Azuelu on the shoulder and says, Azuelu has something to tell you guys. Is that how partners act? I, I, I don't think so. It's you, he already talked to you about it and he actually asked your permission. You said yes, so guess what? You and your husband have something to tell the rest of the family because you're a unit. But you didn't do that. You decided that you're going to just throw this one under the bus and make him make the announcement on his own. Oh, by the way, the two people that y'all hate the most, oh, they're coming for the holidays. Knowing that that's going to set her sister Kalini off, right? Because Kalini and Tammy don't get along and the whole family dynamics is weird. But she still throws him under the bus. But you know what? Lo, the voice of reason, was like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Let them come. Let them come. So the big thing that they were trying to make it, or the big thing that Kalani was trying to make it, Lo brought it down to, like, the voice of reason. And I was like, yeah, that's important. That's important because this could have been a complete shit show. It really could have. And I think personally that it was not nice of Kalani to not stand beside her husband and say, this is our announcement and this is what we've decided to do. But because Lo is the voice of reason, it worked out so far. Now, they pick a tree and the tree, I was confused by that too. Y'all, there's like, how many of you in the, I don't know how you, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do Christmas, right? But you did say earlier that you like to make it a big deal for the boys, but then you pick the smallest tree in the nursery as your tree. And, you know, may, I get it. Maybe there's some budgetary issues, you know, both y'all not working. So I guess, I mean, I guess, but I was just confused by it. Right, Dash? Dasha, right? Like, why you pick it? There's like six of you plus two more coming. Like, what? The presents on the. the uh, I mean, you guys, maybe I'm overthinking it, but like, where are the presents going to go? And like, aren't you guys all going to decorate it together? That's going to take like five minutes because it's like a two foot tree. It's 
it was bizarre to me. Meanwhile, Tiffany and Ronald are getting like the seven foot tree. Like, I don't know. Make it make sense. <sighs> Anyhow. Thank you, Papa Lo. You're the man. You're the man. Last and certainly least in my books, at least this season. Mike and Natalie are working out. Mike has this ridiculous blue headband on and this shirt. Okay, you guys, I, and I know I've told you this, if you guys know me, you know me that I say, when I go to the gym, I don't get dressed up. I don't wear makeup. I throw on whatever, because you're gonna get sweaty. I get that. So that's my disclaimer. But the difference is I'm not a natural, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I should say this. I don't know. All I'm saying is that the stains on his shirt we're like, did you just take that out of the dirty? Like, at least I wear clean clothes. I think that that's what my point is. I wear clean clothes, but he's got the blue headband that was distracting me. This shirt that is clearly a little, like, not the right size. And then it has a bunch of stains on it. Why, though? And then your wife comes out full makeup, full-on eyeliner, hair done, and a matching outfit. And she comes like, and I was like, what is you two? This, this is exactly it. This is the problem in this relationship. You guys are both on different planets because what is happening here? What is happening here? Anyhow, they're working out. They kind of do like this mini CrossFit thing with the tires and all of that. And I'm not sure if they were really working out or if this was just a bit because like you worked out for like 30 seconds. I don't know. I, I was, it was very confusing to me. <sighs> Anyways, it's been awkward with them because uh, it's been a week since her surgery. He took him some vac vacation days to take care of her, which I thought was very, very sweet. But she feels like he's been acting weird towards her. And yes, he's been acting weird because he too has been holding his emotions and anger towards her inside. And now he feels resentful. He feels resentful. And every time that they try to communicate, they start fighting. So they stop communicating and then they never resolve their issues. And then we, we go through this crazy loop over and over and over and over again. And so here we are. He's still mad about the day of surgery and she hasn't apologized yet. He tells her that she left him high and dry and she smiles and says, yes, yes, I did. She had no remorse. She didn't feel bad and she didn't apologize because she felt that she needed to have no stress before her surgery and that the doctors advised her to like be calm. Now, I'm gonna tell you this right now, you guys, and I've said it before and I'm gonna say it again. What you're not about to do is, what you're not about to do is leave me stranded with the car that I paid for and put gas in, that is mine and in my name, that you're not about to take my car to go have an elective surgery that you expect me to pay for, and then you're not gonna return my calls and you're gonna ghost me, and that I then am gonna have to get a producer or take a ride share to come find you. And then when I come find you, I can't go in because I'm in the midst of COVID, so I gotta stand outside for hours upon hours upon hours. And then when I find my car, I get in my car, and I leave. Now I would leave and be bye, bye for now. However you figure you're gonna get back, to the place that I own and pay rent 
on or mortgage on or whatever, however you think you're going to get back there. Since you felt the need to leave me, then you can figure it out on how you can get back. That's what I would have done. What I would not have done is then turned around and come back and waited for her and then been mad and been bitching and now we're here because you have resentment. No, you got to take action for your own feelings. And if you want to just like hold it all in and just be mad about it and both of you like mad dog each other with the silent treatment, like how old are you? You guys are both 36 years old. You're almost 40, like get your shit together. Cause this right here for me is getting so old. The same friggin' fight is the non-fight. You start arguing, then someone walks away. You start arguing, someone leaves. You start arguing and it's all petty stuff. Like do you two even really like each other at this point? Cause it looks like you don't like each other at all. Cause some of the things that you guys do are very selfish on both parties. Both Natalie and Mike are very selfish in their own ways. And then they don't talk about it and they don't care to talk about it. And then they blame each other. It's very messy and it's very like, I'm over it. I'm over you two fighting and you've been fighting about the same dumb stuff over and over again. I'm over it. So is the relationship worth it? That's the question she asked to camera. And I think, I think we all know the answer to that already, right? Cause some of that tea is already spilled to the social media. So I think they've answered their own question. Is the relationship worth it? From this season, what we're seeing, doesn't seem like either of them really think it is. That's it, you guys. Thank you so much for joining the Melanated Way. Make sure to like and subscribe and also support the show, you guys. It really does help. Uh, lots of shows this week, lots, because there's so many shows coming back. So tomorrow's game plan, 1 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, we are interviewing Tracy the Psychic. She's Angela Psychic. She will be on the show with us at 1 p.m., so make sure that you are here. We also are going to do our regular Love After Lockup show at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so that's going to happen. And Darcy and Stacy air today, so we're covering Darcy and Stacy at 7 p.m. So 1 p.m., 5 p.m., 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, We'll be here tomorrow. Love y'all. Have a great night and we'll see you all tomorrow. Bye for now.